quantum entanglement. It drove Einstein batty and made others cry for daddy, but not associate electrical and computer engineering professor Mark Adams. No way. Not now, not ever. And thank goodness, because if we're ever going to get that free global Wi-Fi Elon's always going on about, someone's got to figure out a way to harness that sweet, spooky action for encryption purposes. And it might as well be an Auburn man. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us once again. It is I, Jeremy Henderson, your intrepid co-host for Hashtag Getting, the award-winning Hashtag Getting, the best podcast in all of higher education. Education? Education. Uh, that, that's Educa- not conducive <laughs> from an intrepid... <laughs> Uh, what is that? <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, I'm here. I'm brave and giving, rain. You, giving giving yourself all. monikers. Yeah, yeah, I need to. We need a nickname. Yeah, but that's right. education, not educating. If that's Danny right. Doyle was here, it'd be educating. <laughs> or but, Tyler. Uh, or Tyler, right. Uh, and uh, the voice you're hearing on the other end of the microphone over there, that would be Austin Phillips, the uh, director of the Office of Communications and Marketing in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering uh, that's the best student-centered engineering experience in all of America. That's what they say. Austin, did you know that? Hey, I, I, I hear it everywhere, <laughs> and it's true. It is true. Marcus, you agree? Marcus agrees. Thumbs up over here from Marcus Klutz on the keys, as always. Today we are joined a rainy, dreary day. First uh, first rain episode we've had in a while. Yeah, I was about to say, last with Robbie, it was about 800 degrees. Right. And then today <laughs> it's about nine inches of rain. So. And the humidity. The glasses just instantly fog up. But they say what? after this, humidity's going down for the next couple huh? of days. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Hey, not conducive with this hair either. Life's a mystery. I had some waves up in this thing today. No, I can see it right Look now. That, see that? Look at that. That's <laughs> Weird. It's like the Rocky Mountains up there. Anyway, Woo. today we are joined by Mark Adams, the Mark Adams, the one and only, the best one in my book. There's a lot of them out there. But yeah, there's none a couple like suspect. this guy. Not this one. Associate professor in electrical and computer engineering for Auburn University. And uh, Mark, can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's rain, and we, we know you had to break out the umbrella, and of course, we got the masks it's and everything. Dedication. That's dedication Real dedication. to the cause. Uh, happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here. <laughs> now, Mark's one of the rare individuals who's actually listened to the uh, the podcast who we've whom we've had in here to interview. So yeah. that's always nice. When you, you know, because we can't bring my mom and dad in here. <laughs> They're not engineers. Not but every week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So this is great. Mark, um, Quantum Leap. Did you ever see that show? Of course. Oh, man, I'm so di- glad you asked that. All day long when I found out we were going to have Mark. You're talking- I've, been, I've been at home going, dun 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 Sam Beckett, wasn't that his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam, Al, Al, and Ziggy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Is that, I mean, are we anywhere close to that? Is that what we're doing? That? Please yeah, tell, tell me. me. Are we, are we, how close are we to Quantum Leap? Nowhere. It's uh, it's just TV, guys. It's just TV. Uh, well, but it has the word quantum. All right, this was a good one, Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, break your heart, but uh, you know we're we're nowhere close to the quantum leap, but we are making giant strides and leaps in quantum. Love it. Oh, that's the this title guy right there. Has leaps in you. quantum. He has outpunched you. I know. You've been punned. That's been pretty good. Oh. Leaps in quantum. That's the thing. <laughs> quantum satellites. What's going on with that? Oh, well, we're trying to leverage quantum uh, to secure communications and do it all in space. So, uh, you know, I think most people here are probably pretty familiar with 
wireless communications. We live and die by our cell phones. I mean, it's probably the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning, unfortunately. That's true, yeah. Uh, you know, and so in order to, to bring that to the rest of the world, I mean, we're lucky here in the U.S., some first world country, but there's a lot of places throughout the world where they don't have, you know, the, the infrastructure that we have in the U.S. So most everyone probably sitting around the tables familiar with Elon Musk and uh, yes. yes, and the Starlink satellite system trying to bring global wireless to you know the developing world like well, you won't even have to you're just walking around anywhere and you got Wi-Fi. you got it that's exactly right mm. i'm looking forward to that yeah so, that's, i'm like that actually. yeah so, so that's hot spot hurry that, up mark that's that's good. Good. <laughs> get back over there Let's yeah get back um, in that lab. elon's got a, a few more billion dollars in his bank account than i do so uh, get some know. of them grants coming uh, in there. but he's not an auburn man yeah that's true <laughs> that we know of uh, but no, but one of the one of the issues, of course, you have is the security problems, right? And so, sure. you know, when we talk about allowing everyone to have access to the internet, that's great, and everyone knows of all the bad actors that take advantage of the internet. So, one of the things that we all like to do is have a secure internet. You know, a secure means of communication, whether that's for you, you know, paying your bills online or just writing an email to your mom. You know, you'd rather not be hacked and taken over by somebody in Nigeria that wants to, you know, get a few thousand dollars from them. So. The quantum side from the space, you know, from satellites, we're working on what's known as quantum key distribution. So that's essentially sending a, an encoded message that forms a, a, an encryption key. Um, that's all done through uh, quantum phenomenon. So that is help me out. Okay, so let's, we talked uh, with Mikey, Mike Hamilton, Mikey I, Micro a while I was back. About to but, say I still have headaches. Yeah, from that. I still. So, I, I, I please no please help. So, about. so one of my one of my favorite quotes. Um, from Richard Feynman, hopefully everyone knows who Richard Feynman was, one, probably one of the greatest minds of the 20th century. His quote was, if you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics. Love it. And so, you know, it's one of those things that's very hard to understand because it's not intuitive. So everything you think you know, you might as well just kind of throw out the window. Uh, because essentially, we think, especially in the last, you know, 100 years, really since, uh, well, not quite 100, let's say 70 years, um, since digital computing really came on, we think in ones and zeros, especially in, in my field, in electrical engineering, you know, it's binaries, ones and zeros. And quantum doesn't work that way, right? And so quantum allows you to have any number of states between that one and zero. So it's a superposition of states. And to, to really break it down, what it basically means is if I send a message that's entangled or using one of the phenomena of quantum, quantum, quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement. Okay. What that means is I've got two particles, if whatever they are, that just share properties. And so they have some shared property so that when I make measurement on one, I know what the other one is. So I don't well, have wouldn't to. Wouldn't that be all shared properties then, though? No, because the way entanglement works is uh, it's very difficult to entangle states across all of the properties, right? And so. Typically, if let's choose something that we're all pretty familiar with, light, because that's one thing I use a lot, right? Light, light, light. Yeah, yeah, light, light, light. Uh-huh. So you know, light's composed of photons, and so most people probably don't think of it in that regard, but uh, it's a it's kind of a wave particle duality. There's photons and waves, and so photons are the fundamental particle of light. And so, if you were to think about it in terms of uh, electromagnetic radiation, which is really my field, that's kind of applied electromagnetics. That fundamental particle, that photon, it can share something like polarization, which is kind of that's going to get really deep really quick. So, uh, hey, we, as, there's it, engineers listening. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's essentially right. So, 
Um, it's a way to encode information onto that state. So polarization is just a way to encode that information. So if you had two entangled particles, they share that polarization. So they share that information. So say I'm a hacker. Let's do it. And I wanna, I'm going to eavesdrop on your signal. As soon as I make a measurement on one of those photons, the other photon knows the measurement's been made. And this is called spooky action at a distance. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that just bothered Einstein to no end was the fact that he just he did not like the fact that you could have these two entangled particles that could be spread across the universe. And as soon as the measurement's made on one, the other state changes instantaneously. Right. So don't even, you know, don't don't try to wrap your mind around it. I mean, it's just it's that's a God thing right there. It, it's it's very right. much seems that way. Right. I mean, come on now. So, happened. you know, so what you say is, OK, well, what are we trying to do? Well, what we're saying is we can encrypt a message, a key, for instance, with this quantum entanglement so that if someone were to eavesdrop on that key, you know, they had it. Oh, and so now I'm not going to send any message. Right. Because I know that someone's. Tapped in. Tapped in and listening to that key. Well, I like this. That's kind of cool. So so now what we want to do instead of, I mean, it'd be great if we could send everything entangled. It's just really hard to do. But we can send those keys. And as soon as that key is sent and received and you know no one's eavesdropping on it, then you've got good to go. A secure, secure channel of communication. And so that's what we're trying to do from space. So we want to actually build satellites that can distribute these keys anywhere in the world so that you can have basically you know, secure communications, no matter where you are. Is, aren't the bad guys just going to figure it out in five years and figure out a way to, 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 to fan them, to ghost their presence. So that's the great thing about quantum is at least as far as we know right now, now, granted, this may change my lifetime, but as far as we know right now, no. And so you, because, you know, because uh, of the fact that when you do that measurement, you know, it, it basically collapses the system and you know that someone's out there listening. I heard a great man once say that if you think you know quantum encoding, <laughs> though you don't, or quantum something mechanics. So I don't know. I'm just, well, you, but you, I like I like the concept though. I like that if it's if it because it's going to take them a while to figure that out, regardless. And unfortunately, we're a little bit behind the eight ball in the U.S., and so we're really trying to to ramp things up. So I don't this, like that. Who's who's China, in front of it? China is. China leads oh, the world dang. right now in this. Um, they've been demonstrating this this whole concept for the last well since about 2016. They put a satellite in space in 2016 that they were showing that they were able to do this. And so they're they're definitely got a little bit of a, a leg up on us. That doesn't mean we won't you know, obviously catch up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of work going in these areas. Could they but, be faking? I mean, are we just taking PR releases? I mean, <laughs> or do we know they're actually working? Well, if 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 you're an academic, they produ- they produce journal publications and very reputable journals. Uh, so, you know. Money will buy anything these days. <clears throat> uh, well, you do, do some, you do some work in micro and nano <laughs> As well. So with these, uh, with the satellites, are we talking smaller satellites? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're focused on small sats. I mean, we're not a Lockheed Martin or a Boeing, right. right? We don't have a place where we can go build a bus size satellite and launch it into space. So we focus on what are known as uh, CubeSats or nano satellites. And so these are things like from the size of, say, a loaf of bread to maybe four loaves of bread that are kind of stacked together. Um, so that's where really the miniaturization, the packaging comes in, which is what Auburn's been known for historically in the past. Uh, electronics packaging for robust environments, harsh environments. So from that regard, yeah, we, we try to make things small. So the Chinese satellite I just mentioned, mm-hmm. it's one of those buses floating up in space, right? right? right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a huge thing. So we're trying to do that in a 6U CubeSat. So something that's basically the size of two loaves of bread put together. Dang. So how are we coming? Pretty well, actually. 
I mean, uh, we've we've made a lot of progress. Uh, we are. This is a project that's sponsored uh, through the University Nanosatellite Program. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the academic arm of one of the Air Force research labs. And uh, you know, we're we're making good progress on it right now. Uh, unfortunately, the whole COVID nineteen thing is you know Dude, for a loop. Yeah, you know, it's caused delays on for all of our projects, but that one especially. How um, do we get them up there? So these will be a launch of opportunity. So basically, if we're if we're selected for uh, flight, then they'll find a basically a launch of opportunity. Whether it's you know a SpaceX yeah. rocket going up or you know a, a United what is it United Space Alliance or whatever it is. One of the there's a couple of different places you know that are launching launching stuff into space now, and we'll just ride along. We'll be a secondary payload. Um, so you know they'll they'll put a new two hundred million dollar communication satellite up and they'll. Go along with it, and then yeah. so they'll just out the window, just kind of like, yeah, just throw yeah, that that's pretty much it, right? I mean, <laughs> put it's it a, out there. Wait, so, that's the bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's <laughs> Sarah Lee, and, and that's mm. one of the biggest problems with the launch of opportunity because you don't get to dictate right. it, right? So you know, our satellite needs to be in a specific orbit, and you know, not every launch is going to put satellites up into that orbit, so we can't have to wait until you know there's a ride that takes us up where we want to go. Were you a part of the uh, the satellite that that Morse coded War Eagle back I, back to? I wasn't here then. You weren't here then. Yeah, but uh, I am very familiar with Albisat. Albisat, that was it. Yeah, a lot of Albisat stuff. Well, whenever we have professors on here, you know, I always ask, "How did you get into whatever field it is?" <laughs> How do you, you get into? I mean, how does this become? Who a hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> many, <laughs> many people over the years. Yeah. Where do you figure out that you have a quantum passion? Um, you know. Okay. So, first of all, to answer your first question, what was question, that TV show we were talking about earlier? Uh, yeah, 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 quantum, seriously, quantum leap. Scott Bakula, please uh, let that be the answer. So, uh, when uh, when I was at grad school, my my advisor had these uh, many, many cartoons posted all over the walls uh, to try to lighten the mood. But the one he emphasized the most was the floggings will stop when the morale improves. Mm. And I do believe that you know, uh, in order to have a passion for these things, you know, there's there's a little bit of self hate sure. that you have to have, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I guess that's why I became a journalist. I mm. mean, you know, it's it's just I the the quantum quantum has always interested me. So I'm. I'm like the worst engineer ever, so this is great that y'all put me on the you know, the podcast. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> Disclaimer. Tune in next time when we Mark have an engineer. Does not mean what he says. <laughs> so now let, I will uh, I will quali- qualify that statement. Um, so I I wanted to be a physicist to start with. Okay. And so really, uh, I started out um, wanting to go into physics, and I was like really theoretical math and physics. And then I decided when I was in um, school, I did my undergrad, I, I talked to some very smart people in the College of Engineering, and they're like, you know, how are you going to get a job with that? Yeah. Now, I don't don't want to speak poorly of my physics brethren. I'm, no, it's you right. know, You're it's, safe. You know, but, you know, at the same time, I was like, well, you know, maybe engineering is not a bad, a bad choice. Um, and I'll, uh, I tell this story to my students because they think I'm lying, but I, I'm really not. I didn't know whether I wanted to do mechanical or electrical, so I flipped a quarter. <laughs> and and heads was mechanical, tails was electrical, and that's so how I wound up in electrical engineering. Man, tails never fails. No, I like that. That's brilliant. So you, so you do your undergrad at Auburn. What what led you to Auburn? Uh, 
Yeah, so I went in the Navy out of high school. Coin flip. Um, <laughs> Please don't tell us what was heads. You so, went in the Navy out of high school. Yes, yeah, so I, I went in the Navy out of high school. You're one of those guys. Uh huh. Exactly. All and right. so I, uh, so when I got out of the service, um, it was in September, and I wanted to start school immediately. And back then, Auburn was actually on the quarter system. And in order to the to, good old days, you know, when, when were you here? So in the mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so it was still in the quarter system. And so I wanted to start immediately, and Auburn was the only school that was like, sure, come on down, right? And um, I I grew up in Mississippi, so I knew about Auburn, right? I mean, I, I was very familiar with a lot of schools in the Southeastern Conference. But I'd never visited. I'd never, you know, stepped foot on campus. And I just – I was like, all right, I'll be there in two weeks. And uh, Best decision best ever decision made. Ever made. Yeah, absolutely. Best decision ever made. So, I mean, you know, sometimes it just works out, right? Well, from there you went out uh... – at West, way out West, way out West, yeah. Uh, Caltech. Um, so you do your master's and your PhD there. Talk about coming back to Auburn. What what was that like? How was that decision made? So yeah, so that was interesting as well. Um, I always knew I wanted to go back and teach. Like, I mean, go back and be a, a professor. I always wanted to come back to Auburn, um, but my department for the longest time had very little turnover, and that's a good thing, right? It means people like to stay here. But it also means there's not a lot of opportunities usually, uh, you know, for new faculty to come in until people kind of retire. Uh, so, you know, I, I graduated from Caltech um, in, well, 2004. Technically, I defended in 2003. So I went to work. So I worked in the industry for a while. And I always kept my eye on opportunities at Auburn that would come up and see, if, you know, if it was a good time to maybe go back and apply. Uh, and it just happened to be 10 years later that that happened. But um, in 2014, I got the opportunity to come back and, you know, I was really excited about it. Uh, probably one of the strangest things, of course, was the fact that most of my faculty were still here, mm. you know. So, you know, you, you have that interesting dynamic when you used to be a student and now yeah. you're a colleague. Yeah. Tell us about the ponytail. <laughs> So now, wait a second. Where did that come from? Uh, we do our due diligence. We do, we do our research here. I gotta Mark. hear that. Yeah, there was a there was a ponytail. Oh yes, that, that, there was. There was. As a matter of fact, it's the probably the thing my department chair loves to, to mention all the time. Um, I worked. Uh, she's no longer here, but Julia Kirkichi was my research advisor when I was an undergrad. Um, she's now the department chair at South Alabama. But when I first interviewed, uh, and I I was sitting right next to her, and she didn't recognize me at all. Right. Because, I mean, I, I you know, had cleaned up a little bit. <laughs> uh, so when I got out of the Navy, I was so tired of just getting my hair cut all the time. I just was like, not doing it. Not doing it anymore. I'd stopped. And so I just let it grow out. And how long? Oh, it was like, you know, mid back there for a while. Dang. Look at are, that. Are we talking like an Emmett Wynn ponytail? <laughs> well, I have a little bit more on top than Emmett, you know, at the time. Because <laughs> you know. Emmett has. I mean, he's got like the king ponytail of ponytails. Yeah, I, I and it's a legacy. And That's uh, good. you know, so I had I had the whole thing going on. Yeah, it was you know ponytail and just yeah. yeah. I not, mean, did the rest not, of the the not a good look. The yeah. look during the pandemic, you didn't think about bringing it back. No, no, I got I got a little less hair now than I had back then. <laughs> I think it still work. Uh, the Emma Little mm-hmm. you had talked about. We we had her on the show. She's one of your students now. And 
she was trying to tell me once upon a time about like how cell phones work because I can't even like figure out when we talk about circuits. You it was you, you taught a class or maybe you're still teaching a class where you're actually teaching how to build circuits. There was this great video produced by this uh, Marcus Marcus somebody a couple of years back anyway, which is where I heard about the ponytail comment. You 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 kept that one in, yeah, and. How I, I I honestly I mean we're we're sitting here talking about theoretical quantum entanglement you know Einstein brain teasers I can't even figure out how when you say a, a computer chip or something like how the the message even gets in I, it still baffles me. I don't know how a telephone even works sometimes I'm like how how exactly is this happening I mean are we sure it, 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 Jeremy hell, has the unfrozen caveman yeah logger. I mean seriously it feels <laughs> how like how does yeah, this work. <laughs> It scares me. <laughs> Your photons <laughs> scare me. But like, how how are we? When you're talking about making something like that, can you give me a crash course? Do you have some sort of affor, you know, what are they called? Aphorisms or some sort of something? Affirmation? <laughs> no, no, like a you got a little saying or something. You know, oh the the comic on my professor's door used to That's remind me. That's an affirmation. Me. No, no, there's an aphorism. There's an aphorism. All right, A P H O R I S M. I'll. Uh, I'll here, here's what I can say. How's the phone work, Mark? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, I just so, still we, we we talk about it. I mean, how how in the world you put a little chip in here? How how is the information and all the apps and all the stuff? How's it even happening? We can go long on this. We need we need this. People need to know. <laughs> People need to hear about this. Okay, uh, so that that's like Pandora's box right there. There um, we go. You know, I, unfortunately, I can't break it down to you in thirty seconds, but I'll I'll try my best. Um, you know, what, what you have right now in your hand, you know, basically leveraged the last, you know, 70 years of microelectronics. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not something that can easily be, you know, be summarized. But what we can say is this, you know, every time people think that, you know, we're reaching the end of, you know, whatever era – we found ways to make it go further and better and faster and cheaper. And that's mainly because of the bottom line. There's a lot of companies out there that their whole existence is based on their ability to build those chips that go in that phone. And they've got hundreds of thousands of employees that are, you know, smart as I am sitting there working to do that. So it's a, I mean, when we teach, what we try to teach our students, you know, is the fundamentals of, you know, how does a transistor work? How do you make a transistor, for instance? You talk about that chip, that chip, that integrated circuit, and that chip's a bunch of transistors. And those transistors are connected in a certain way to form logic elements or gates. And, you know, there's billions of them, right? You can't do that by hand anymore. The way that we've managed to do all this now is through automated tools and, mm -hmm. you know, leveraging all of this automation that's helped us create phenomenal devices and the amount of device physics and the amount of materials work. I mean, you're talking about all the other engineering disciplines that go into something like that. You know, it's not just double E that's making that cell phone happen, right? You know, it's the code, the software, the materials, you know, the batteries, you know, the 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 chips, the processors, and everything else that goes together. And also, by the way, you want that screen not to crack when you drop it because we all drop it, right? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, there's there's a tremendous amount of technology that, that goes into our, our modern day devices and it's great. There may be some drawbacks for us as a society because I think we maybe spent a little more time looking at it than we should. Um, but if you'd told me when I was a kid that you know we'd have something that would allow us to connect instantly to anyone in the world, 
I would have been like, oh, yeah, Star Trek. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I it, mean, you just don't realize when the future happened and we don't I don't really know exactly when when it was. You know, I remember thinking Skype was the when I first saw that. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what in the world? Video phones are here. It's happening." And I guess they've been around in other forms for a while. And too, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it just I don't know. And I I don't I still don't understand a little like zeros and ones and everything turn up into and how we hardwire them into physical components and everything. I don't think you do either, really. <laughs> to be honest, um, just like how he felt when he <laughs> leapt into here. Right, you know? Exactly. Oh boy, I just kind of feel that there was somehow we're all just con it. I don't know. It's just uh, it's hard uh, so, for me. So what you don't really understand is I'm really Scott Bakula right now. <laughs> That's what I said. And, and that, you know. He leapt into here, and now it's like, oh, yeah. boy. You know, yeah. I didn't want to say it, but, I mean, is anybody seeing Elon Musk here a little bit? I mean, I mean, from a distance, maybe. I can see it. Can't you see it? And they can't see you nodding. You need to. You need, don't make me see that. This is the worst dumb. radio. This is great. This is good. I'm just saying I can see a little bit of it. Anyway, at least in the attitude. So just uh, bring that money. Bring yeah. that Elon money, Mark. Yeah, yeah we got. I guess we got to cut it short here, time wise. But I, I don't know. When we have folks like Mark in, all these experts that come in, I love the te- that, that I talk. love the technical. stuff. I mean, with, yeah. with Mike Hamilton too, yeah. with, with so many folks, because it's just. I mean, it's. I get lost. I forget that I'm. You know, obviously, I forget that I'm sitting here hosting and trying to figure. And I, I'm trying to learn things myself. So this is this is great. So well, and two a little pitch for the magazine. You know, we talked about securing. Yes, yes. We got yep. an upcoming feature where we did a. Um, a theme within the magazine. Of course, we've got a lot of our response for the COVID-19, um, uh, what we've done faculty, students-wise, alumni. But we also have a theme in there about securing our nation. Part of that, securing our communications. So we have a great story on this work that Mark and uh, Mike Hamilton, some yeah, of that maybe bunch Chris, is doing. Maybe Chris should have sat in here and had a better understanding. No, we, we want people he to was. listen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a ton, Mark, for being here. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Right. War, War Eagle. Eagle. War Eagle.